Well, who remembers who we learnt about yesterday? There's about 10 of you at the front here. Anybody at the back remember who we learned about yesterday? David. David was one of Israel's greatest kings. There's lots of different people who led the people of God when you read the Bible, but David was the greatest king in the Bible other than Jesus. He's a big deal. He's a guy that we want to learn a lot about. He's one of the most famous people, greatest people, went on to do amazing battles, great warrior of gods, and most famously, you know the story about David and Goliath. We're going to be learning about that a lot tomorrow. But what I wanted to do these first two days was look at behind the scenes of this great king. Let's look behind the scenes at the secrets to his success, why God chose him. If you remember yesterday, we found out as a man that actually there's lots of other brothers that could have been chosen for king, but their hearts weren't after God. Our man David, somewhere in the fields, a shepherd boy, a nobody. But for some reason, God chose him. Why? Because he had a heart that was after God's heart. And we learned, didn't we, that man looks at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. You can appear to have it all together, but not have a heart after God. But David was a man that loved God. We learned what it is to love God, to know him. He wants all of you here in 12 to 14s to love him, to have a relationship with him. Not just about rules and things you should and shouldn't do, but to be lovers of God like David. That was yesterday. Are you ready for day two? All right, we'll pick up the story where we left off. Before we do that, I would love to pray. Would I just ask you just to close your eyes? Can I decide to do that? Let's pray with me in your heart. God, we thank you for your word, and we ask you this morning that you would speak to us. I'm praying, Spirit of God, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, as we've just been singing, not just the eyes in our head that we can see things, but the eyes in our hearts that we see the things of God that you would shape us and change us to be more like you. Amen. 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 Day two. Are you ready? Same as yesterday. Just ask you please to stay engaged right from the front to the back. Listen in. Hopefully you'll stay tracking with me and keep in tune. Day two. Again, we're going to go back in time. About 3,000 years ago. That's 2015 plus another 1,000 years. Back in the time of David. We've seen him being chosen as the shepherd boy. The next chapter in the Bible... There's a battle about to happen. You know the battle. There's a battle of David and Goliath. God's people, Israel, and then the Philistines, and they're kind of having this standoff, and it's like all hectic for about 40 days. They're all there in their ranks. It's all going on. No one can fight this Goliath. Everybody's scared of him. I would be. He's huge. He's nine foot tall. We're going to learn about him more tomorrow. Apart from this one guy, David, who pipes up, and he's like, hey, I think I could take this guy on. And Saul, who's the leader of the Israelites, is like, David, you're a small young lad. What makes you think you can take on Goliath? Look how small you are. This guy is well trained in war. He's tall. You're small. You're just a shepherd. Why can you take on this guy? David replies with this. And again, we're going to read it together. It's going to come on the screen. It's 1 Samuel 17, 34. I'm going to read the bits in white. Can you read the bits in red? Is that all right? 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37. David said to Saul, hey, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a or came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it. I killed it. Your servant has killed both and the 
this uncircumcised Philistine will be like, like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the port of the and the port of the will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. Today we're going to learn about two animals. Can you guess what they are? You guys are geniuses. Well done. How on earth did you get that? We're going to be learning about lions and bears. What's all this about lions and bears? What's going on? Lion, bear, the poor, the lion? What is this? Some kind of zoo? No, let me explain. David pipes up. I reckon I can take down this Goliath guy. Saul says, no way, you're too small. David's reply is simply this. I'm a shepherd boy. I've spent a long time with the sheep. When a lion or bear would come along and snatch one of the lambs, I would go after it and I'd kill that sucker. Because I know that the Lord can deliver me from the lion and the bear, I also know he can deliver me from this Goliath. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the lion bear will also rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. Goliath was a Philistine. You might think, that's great, Sai, but what's that got to do with me? Hey, listen, because David learned to take down a lion and a bear as a shepherd, he learned to take down Goliath later on in life. Because David learned that God would rescue him from a lion and a bear in a field somewhere where no one was watching, he knew in his heart God could rescue him from a big giant. Because David learned courage to face up to a lion and a bear in a field somewhere where no one was watching, he knew he had courage against a big giant. Listen, David learned these lessons as a 12 to 14 year old. The victories in his life later on, because of the lessons that he learned there, where did it start? It started with him as a teenager. So you're asking me, what's this got to do with me? Everything. All of you here are in your 12 to 14s. You want to do great things for God, yeah? You want to see him use you? You want to win great victories and battles like David? Well, hey, guess what? It starts now. Today. You know what? There are lions and bears in your life as a 12-year-old that God has put there. Why? So you can run away scared? No. So he can train you like he trained David so that later on in your life, you can go and do great things for him. Lions and bears, secrets that we learn early on in our life, secret lessons in our teens that you think, what's all this about? No, it's God making us strong. So today we're going to look at two lions and bears that all of us face, me included, lessons that we learn that are going to equip us for later on in life. Number one, are you ready? The first one is this. It's called faithfulness. Faithfulness. What's faithfulness? Really simple. Faithfulness is doing something and sticking at it. Not giving up, not throwing in the towel, not doing it for a day or two, and then oh, I'm bored now, I'll do something else. No, it's doing something and sticking at it again and again and again, being faithful with it. What has this got to do with anything? David, he was a shepherd. Being a shepherd in those days, 3,000 years ago, just to let you in, guys. It wasn't actually that cool of a thing to be. You had to sleep outside of the sheep. You were quite smelly. It wasn't a very good thing. People didn't look at you and think, oh, wow, there goes a shepherd. It was like, you were the lowest of the low. That's why David didn't even get clued in the initial lineup. Oh, he's the shepherd boy. Who cares about that? But you know what? David, being a shepherd boy, he was tempted. He was tempted to just run away from that. But you know what? He was faithful with being a shepherd. He stuck at it. For years and years... 
Day after day, what was David doing? Just being a shepherd, just caring for sheep. All his brothers doing other great things, David being faithful with being a shepherd. In fact, the Bible tells us a bit more about this. We're reading 1 Samuel 17, 14. Let's read this together again. 1 Samuel 17, 14. I'll read the bits in white, you read the bits in red. I've got a feeling it's not going to come up. I might just be on my own. Is this verse on here? No, I'll read it. 1 Samuel 17, 14. That was my fault, sorry. In the thick of the battle, it says this. Even when the battle was going on, David had to go there and help just supply some of the food. David went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So even when the battles were happening, even for the 40 days when it was getting excited and Goliath was there and all, the, all it was all happening, David's role was to be a shepherd. And every day when he went to the battle, he still went back to the sheep every day. Now, I don't know about you, there would have been one day you think, oh, surely it doesn't matter. Those sheep don't need me. They could be all right for one day. I want to stay here where the battle is. I want to stay here where the fun is. I want to see this big Goliath. No, every day he went back to the sheep. He was faithful with the role that he was given. And you know what? He was faithful over many years and God saw that. And I want to tell you a little about a little biblical principle is this. This is, we do have this on the screen. Luke 16, verse 10. Can we read this out together? Luke 16, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very can also be trusted with Let's read that again. Whoever can be trusted with very can also be trusted with This is something that Jesus said. And what he's saying is, hey, if you can be faithful with the little, I will give you lots. David, you think, a shepherd boy in a field, an unglamorous job, smelly with a sheep, stinking. But what's going on there? He's showing that he can be trusted with just a few sheep. He can learn to care for them. He can look after them. He can protect them. And God's seen a man who can care, who can protect, and think, wow, if you can look after these day after day, you can look after the whole of Israel. You can be a great king. Because he was faithful with the sheep, because of that as the thing that he proves himself in, God gave him a great nation to be king of. So what about you? What about your life? All of us want to do something great for God. Guess what? That starts right now. Learning to be faithful with what you got. Learning to be faithful with the very little. You know, all of us have little things that we are responsible for, that we are to do. They're not random. That's actually God training you in faithfulness. So listen, I've got a friend who, uh, when he was younger, he asked if he could wash his dad's car. Has anybody ever helped wash the car at home? It's a fun job, you know, you get wet, you can have a water fight in the thick of it, you can splash your brother and sister. It's always a bit of a laugh. His dad had asked him to tidy his room. Tidy your room. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. Tidy your room. Yeah, I'll do it. He hadn't done it. And then his dad started washing the car. He's like, Dad, I want to come and wash the car. He's like, son, you haven't tidied your room yet. Until you can show me that you can tidy your room, I'm not going to let you tidy the car. He was teaching him that unless you can just be faithful with a little job I ask you to do, I'm not going to let you be faithful and give you this big fun job to do. All of us in our lives have little things. Homework. Who really loves homework? That's about 10% of you. The rest of you don't. Homework, what is it? 
It's a job that you're supposed to do, that you're asked to do, and most of us don't like to do it because we'd rather be doing something else. But guess what? It's an opportunity to learn faithfulness, to learn what it is to commit to something and do it well, not just so that you get good grades, but you can learn something in your heart that God can see, and when he sees faithfulness, he can raise you up to do great things. If you can be faithful with little, God will make you faithful with much. So I've got a challenge for you. You like a challenge? I want you to commit to something. I want you to go home and to say to your parents, I want to do something. And then let your yes be yes and do it. Let me just tell you what I mean. When I grew up, uh, I've got two brothers. So there's three of us. All three of us had a job that we had to do every week. David, my older brother, he had to take out the rubbish. That was his job. Every Tuesday night, he had to take out the rubbish because the bins came on a Wednesday morning. My younger brother, Jamie, I don't know how he got this role. <laughs> his role is he had to like, tidy up underneath the kitchen table after every meal. <laughs> so if you had some broccoli that you didn't like, you're not going to eat it. You're just going to chuck it up the floor for him. <laughs> he got the nickname The Mole because of that. And we used to kick him when he did it. But that was Jamie's job. Every meal. Come on, Molly, get down there. Every meal, he had to go and just clean up. Wouldn't take long, just a really quick thing. My role, I had to mow the lawn every Saturday morning. I actually, to be honest, I did sort of enjoy it because I'm quite neat. I like lines and that sort of thing. But actually, you come Saturday morning, you know, TV's on. You want to watch Power Rangers, as it was back then. I don't want to mow the lawn. And it'll get to like 10 a.m. And like, Simon, are you going to mow the lawn? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll just finish this program. Get to 11 sort of even midday, you're going to do it? Yeah, all right, all right, I'll go and do it. Go and do it now, please. Okay, I'll do it. And for like quite a few weeks, my dad had to ask me, Simon, go and mow the lawn. I wasn't really being faithful with it. I didn't like the idea of it. It wasn't a cool job. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to write songs. But that was miles away. Right then, all I had was to have to mow the lawn every day, every Saturday. And once, I really just felt God speak to me about it in a meeting just like this. Simon, be faithful. And I knew actually, just like this, that it was talking about being faithful, that, wow, I have got something I've been asked to do. And that next Saturday, I got up at 8 a.m. and I mowed the lawn about my dad asking me. He looked out the window, he was gobsmacked. Just got up and did it. And then I did it like every Saturday for months and months, probably years. What happened there? I learned what it is just to be faithful with something. It's not a glamorous role, it's not cool. Not like lots of people looking, you think that's amazing. It's just a boring role, but God's teaching me what it is to be faithful. I want to say this if you don't learn to kill this bear early on in your teens, if you don't learn how to be faithful with something, it will be a ceiling in your life that will stop you growing in God. God gives responsibility to those who can prove faithful in the little. If you don't learn to kill this bear of faithfulness, it will be a ceiling in your life that will stop you from growing in God and Him giving you things to do. It starts when? Now. What's in your hands right now? What have you been asked to do? My challenge is to you, do it and do it faithfully. David learned faithfulness as a shepherd boy. Because of that, God made him a king. You can learn faithfulness right now. And one other thing just to say about this before we move on to the second bear. Why could David be so faithful? Why was he just content, just sort of being a nobody? 
Why didn't he care about his appearances? Remember yesterday? It's because he knew the love of God. When you know the love of God, friends, you don't care what people think about you. You don't care about looking great. You don't care about your appearances. He was content doing a boring job that wasn't cool, wasn't sexy, was smelly. He was content. Why? Because he knew the love of God. He was secure being a shepherd. That was enough for him. He knew God's love. That's the bear number one. Faithfulness. Say faithfulness. It starts now. Learn it. Even for some of you, go back to your parents and ask for something to do every week just as a head start to learn faithfulness in your life and watch what God will do in your life over the coming years. Number two, are you ready? The second line and bear for us today at 1214 is this, obedience. Obedience. David was a man who obeyed God. Another verse for us that I'd love to read out all together. Acts 13, 22. Let's read this together. Acts 13, 22. This is uh, God's talking about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. What's God saying? I found the man who will do everything I want him to do. David was a man who obeyed God. Just as a shepherd... As a young boy in a field, he knew what it was to obey God. He had his copy of the law of the Bible that they had back then. It was called the Torah, the law. He would read through God's commandments and he learned how to obey. He obeyed God. When God says, do this, guess what David did? He did it. When God says, don't do this, guess what David did? He didn't do it. He learned what it was to obey God. And because David learned obedience to God as a shepherd, God could then put him in charge of whole armies. Why is this important? Let me explain. God wants all of you to lead great things and to do great things. But here's the deal. God gives authority to those who are under authority. Another way of saying it is this. If you want to be a great leader, you've got to learn to be a follower first. You want to lead great things, great. But you have to learn to come underneath leadership first. If you can't learn to obey... If you can't learn to follow really well, then God's not going to give you responsibility to lead others. As a shepherd boy in the field, David learned what it was to obey God. And because of that, he could go on and do great things. So, how does God do this for you in 12 to 14s? How do you learn obedience? Are you ready? The primary way that God wants to teach us obedience, drum roll please, the way that God's going to teach you obedience is... By obeying your parents. Ooh. Ooh. We've got some more verses for us on the screen. Ephesians 6 verse 1. Let's read this together. Children, in the Lord, for this is right. And it's almost like you didn't get it the first time. God's going to write it again in another book. Use the exact same phrase. Let's read it again. Colossians 3.20. Children, shout it out. In everything, for this pleases the Lord. Twice he says it. It's almost like he said it and he wants to select it in bold and say it again. This is very important. Obey your parent. Clearest day. But that's a bit boring, isn't it? That almost got a boo. I think actually some of you did boo that, didn't you? (laughs) Boo to you. I'll tell you what. This is not God being boring This is God training you for later on in life. You know what? God is not a spoil sport. 
God's not out to make your life difficult. He's not like, I want all my children to be bored and have a horrible life. Obey your parents. That's not the heart of God. In fact, God's plan for your life is far greater than you could ever dream. The things that he wants you to do are far bigger than you can think of what yourself. Some of you, God's calling you to lead churches and to go and plant churches and to be pioneers in the kingdom and to lead great things. And you never even dreamed of that. You just thought you were going to do something small. Well, God could never use me. You know what? God wants you to do great things. He wants you to be a great leader. But how does that start? You cannot, you cannot do that unless you learn how to obey. And the training ground for that is in the home, learning to obey your parents. So this isn't God being some kind of spoil sport. This isn't God being like, ha, ha, ha. No, this is God training you important lessons early on in life so that you can do great things. And here's the killer. Listen up. If you do not learn this, if you do not learn to kill this bear, if you do not learn to obey your parents, it will come back and bite you later on in life and it will be another ceiling over your life that will just stop you. I really want to do great things for God. But you're not obeying. You haven't learned what it is to come under authority, to be submitted to somebody, to be submitted to your parents, be submitted to your leaders. This is so important. So actually, God's instruction to obey, they're instructions of life. This is God bringing life to you. This is God actually helping you. You understanding that? Let me go even further. I've got a friend who didn't learn this. Throughout his teenage years, his natural inclination was rebellion. I'm not going to obey you. Why should I do what you say? Do this. Why? Why bother? I'm my own man. I can do what I want. And he went over his life, and that was the kind of one of the attitudes in his heart that he had. In God's grace and God's sovereignty, he got hold of that man. In God's kindness, led him back to him, and a wonderful story of just repentance. And a wonderful story of like following Jesus. But that harsh attitude that he had growing up, and as a young guy and as a teenager, actually that carried on for some more of his life and probably cost him, he would say, about 10 years of his life. Even when he came back to God, growing in leadership, wanting to do great things, it cost him a good 10 years to deal with that heart attitude. And slowly over time, God has dealt with that. There's a man under authority, but also because of that, God's made him a man and given him great authority. If you don't learn to obey your parents, if you don't learn what it is to come under authority, it will be a ceiling over your life. You don't want that. You might think, oh, but Simon, obeying your parents, that's just not cool, man. My friends do what they want. Listen, do you want to be cool in that moment? But I'll tell you what, what's cool is the guy that went and killed Goliath. What's cool is the guy that went on to be the king of Israel. You know, it might seem a bit uncool for the moment, but it's very, very godly. And you've got to play a long-term game here. More than that, even Jesus himself, not just the second greatest king in the Bible, David, but the greatest king in the Bible, King Jesus If there's anybody who doesn't need to do what his parents say, surely it's got to be Jesus, yeah? He's like, you know, his mum and dad's Mary and Joseph. You know Mary and Joseph? You learn about them at Christmas. If his mum and dad are like, Jesus, can you go just sit on that chair? He could have said, you know what? I actually made that chair. I don't need to do what you say. (laughs) Jesus, can you pass me a glass of water? Well, actually, I made the water and I could just make it flow like that if I wanted to. No. 
If anybody could do that, it's Jesus. But it says in Hebrews 5, verse 8, Jesus learned obedience. Even him as a young guy, a 12-year-old, learned what it is to obey his parents and obey his Father in heaven. In fact, Jesus goes this far. He says, the Son, me, can do nothing on my own. I only do what I see the Father doing. His whole life was just in obedience to the Father. This is Jesus. This is God. But even him is submitted to the Father. If the Son of God is living in obedience to the Father, how much more should we? And of course, because he was faithful and obedient to his Father, then the Father could give him the name that's above every name. Make him the king of all things. Make him the ruler and the head of all creation. Because of his obedience, he lifted him up high. This is the saviour, this is the one in whose footsteps we walk in. He's a great blueprint for us to look at and think, wow, even Jesus is like that. That's how we are to live. So I'm giving you a head start. Boys and girls, teenagers and mums and dads in 12 to 14s, it's not too late. You're early on in your life. There are lions and bears that God's are putting before you. It's an opportunity now just to kill them. Kill faithfulness and kill obedience. Over the next 10 years of your life, learn what it is to obey your parents and watch what God will do. He will give you great things. So, coming into land. In summary, our man David, great king, takes on Goliath, one of the most famous people in the Bible. Where did it start? It started with him being faithful with some small sheep in a smelly field. But because he learned faithfulness, God said, there's a man who's faithful. I can make him a king. God's given you things to do. If you can prove faithfulness, God will give you more. There's a man, David, who learned what it was to obey God. And because he obeyed God, God could give him great authority and responsibility. You, as a 12 to 14-year-old, God's given you this training ground to learn to obey your parents, to obey them. Sometimes... Your parents, in some situations, may ask you to do things that are actually wrong and sinful or even illegal. And I would say in this situation, in safety, this is one time it would be okay not to obey them and to tell somebody about that situation. But other than that, the Bible is very clear. Whatever your parents ask you to do, to obey. And I teach my children this. say, Ruby, when do you obey? straight away. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Learn to obey straight away and watch what God will do. One final piece of brilliant news that I want to end you with. Even when you're unfaithful, even when you're disobedient, God is faithful to you. Even when you disobey, even when you just throw in the towel and you're unfaithful, do you know what? He's committed to you. He's committed to you as a 12-year-old. He's committed to you as a 13-year-old, as a 14-year-old. He's committed to you right the way through your life. He's committed to you despite your weakness and your sin. He's committed to you despite your disobedience. He's committed to you through it all, and he's committed to walk your life out with you and help you. You're not on your own. Hallelujah. It's hard, it's difficult, but you're not on your own. You have a faithful God. He's walking beside you. He's helping you, and he's good, and he loves you.